Oh hey there, my name is Maxima Ibarov, and y'all are listening to Let's Talk. Happy holidays, darlings! Happy Hanukkah! The festive season is upon us, and I am sending you all the best festive vibes. And today we are going to be talking about creating queer content, but not just any content, but risque and edgy stuff because my guest is a prominent LA-based content creator known as Oh Hey Pete whom you might know from his amazing meme pages such as Pumpkin Spice Buzzy and Oh Hey Pete who also is a very prominent OnlyFans creator. So I have to warn y'all this episode contains some very graphic language of some sex stuff but if you're able to look past that I think you're going to enjoy this episode because this has been one of the most authentic, honest, emotional, and in-depth conversation I've had on this podcast yet. We talk about things such as sex work, queer culture, mental health, the importance of empathy, and as well as, you know, memes and porn. So without further ado, please enjoy Let's Talk. Oh, hey Pete. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. It's cold in New York, so I wish I was in LA, but um, how are you? I'm good. I just moved into my new space. It's actually really cold here too, but cold here is just like 50 degrees. So I, I don't know what it's over there, but... Right. It's like 40 degrees in New York. It's like, it's not windy though. So God bless for that. Congratulations on the new place. Thank you. I'm super excited. I live like right in Hollywood now like okay come through no yeah I live like right next to the walk of fame where all the people are out doing meth in broad daylight (laughs) the homeless people just walk around and try to ask for money I live right in that area it's really cool beautiful I wanted to talk to you uh, because again I usually talk politics so what does memes and only fans have to do with politics but I wanted to talk to you today because I wanted to talk to like a fellow content creator and to learn what it feels like to create content in the pandemic. But before we talk about that, I would really love for moi personally and for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So Pete, tell me what's your background, where you're from, and how did you end up in LA? Because I know that you lived in New York a while back, and that's where I kind of met you. Right. So I was born in New Jersey, the trashiest place in the United States. Okay, Jersey. Yes, New Jersey. Where in Jersey? I was born in Bayonne, New Jersey, which is just this tiny three mile long town. It was cute. I liked it there. And then, okay, so my mom worked for the government as a public affairs officer, and we had to move to Virginia after that when I was eight years old. My formative years, I grew up there, and um, I always missed the city vibes. Moving from the city to like where I could walk to, I literally walk to school with my family every day. Mm-hmm. And then you go to Virginia, where you you're just in the woods. And I was just like, gosh, I can't do anything here. Sounds you horrible. Know? Yeah, it was it was not fun. But after all of that, I went to school at VCU in Richmond, Virginia. Studied mass communications, advertising. Nothing came of that professionally, although I will argue that what I'm doing now is kind of like a weird backwards way of applying all of my Mm -hmm. (laughs) existing knowledge, my beautifully school funded knowledge. No such thing as extra knowledge. Yeah, I'm just using, yeah, using all of it right now with my current social media strategies. Mm-hmm. After school at VCU, I went to New York directly afterwards to try my hand at getting like professional work. I didn't find any in Richmond, Virginia, where I was living at the time. And then I struggled as fuck in New York for like five years. And what kind of work were you looking for in New York? So I'm always just trying to find something really creative and communications based. I also do kind of graphic work and web design. So I I like to apply like all of those kinds of things into one, which it could be like graphic design roles, you know, art director roles, like something creative. I can do really all of that kind of stuff. So that's where I was searching for. And actually right now I'm still also searching, endlessly searching for those kinds of positions that'll give me an actual salary and benefits. That would be so amazing. That's like a gift from the gods I think Mm -hmm. yeah so I didn't really it didn't work out in New York but I stayed there for five years I'm a trooper and then fell apart went to Michigan to stay with my sister for a year then I went back to Virginia to my mom for a year and then 
at that point I was just like, you know what, this sucks. I'm living at home in my, the town I went to high school in. Everyone is just like having babies and not even thinking at all. Mm-hmm. The small town, Gloucester, Virginia. Right, right, right. Go to school, go to college, get married, have kids. Right. retire die there's really like no gays there either i was like not the out ones right right of course we don't we don't know about i mean i went on grinder there's a bunch of like scary people yeah it's just not really the best space to be lgbtqia plus so i really was just feeling annoyed and like kind of down on myself because i had failed in my career i was living back at home mm. and my mom is kind of a, an emotionally abusive person and i was thankful that i was was even given the opportunity to live at uh, her home in, in her extra room or whatever. But at the same time, I had to set aside my ego to even be able to talk to her again, because she's kind of like a very, very negative person in my life. So yeah. I'm sorry you had to go through that. It's all good. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Um, Come through Kelly Clarkson. Yes, we need her. Yes. I love her. Love so soft. Hey, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What prompted you to just drop everything in Virginia and be like, fuck it, I'm going to go to LA? All right. So here's the next part of that story. Ready? Mm. So I made $8 an hour working at an art gallery. I actually really, really liked it. And the people there were amazing and really supportive and cool and very friendly. Like, I've never had a job really where I like felt really connected to the people that I was working with, I guess, in in like a positive way. So yeah, I liked that part, but the $8 an hour part was not cool. Even though I understood it's a small business, you know, and it's Virginia. So it's like, okay, cool. But I mean, that's more than the minimum wage, which is I think 725 in Virginia. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. It's still down there. Virginia, unfortunately, I think here in California, it's like 15, but I could be wrong. It's it's same in New York. It's the, you know, national push to push it for $15. That's good. Politics. Yeah. I wish that they did that in Virginia. It's very unfortunate. Like you cannot survive off of that, even though the cost of living is dramatically lower mm-hmm. but anyway so oh this is also another part of that story too because while i was in virginia i was super super lonely there are very limited amounts of gays or people to even talk to about any sort of like creative idea or like things relating to gay culture or like mm-hmm. just anything like that there was no one to talk to and i felt like really alone so i created this facebook group called gay meme nation and um it actually got to like twelve thousand members and it was really, really a great group. I actually met the guy I was seeing in Virginia before I left to California off of that group, but I had to leave because one day I just got so like fed up with like being stuck. I felt like in Virginia at $8 an hour, I was like, there's gotta be more to life than this. This is just not, is this really what my life is going to be? Like, no. So then one day I finally was just like, fuck it all. I'm starting at OnlyFans. I'm going to just do it. While still in Virginia. Correct. Yes. So the date that I started it, I think was August 4th in 2019. So I'm just about over a year having done OnlyFans and it's been a wild ride. But anyway, the first month I'll tell you, this is, I haven't released this information to anyone else, by the way. (laughs) You're like exclusive content over here. So I'm not going to say much more about this, but the first month was very successful. When that happened, I was just like, bitch, I am leaving Virginia. Mm-mm-mm. No way I'm staying here. So what I did was I waited until October 4th as well. What a clean like date situation. Mm-hmm. October 4th that I... Libra season. Yeah, it was three days after my birthday. And yes. I uh, decided to just leave and mm-hmm. I didn't tell my mom. I just left up to California. And mm-hmm. friend for a bit for maybe I think two months. Yeah. And then, oh, another clean date. This is so weird. It's December 4th into my own place. Like I literally got the place. Like I got approved. Everything was like amazing. It was great. Like I had never even had my own apartment or paid for my own apartment before or anything like that. Oh my gosh. I got my first bed ever. And it was like a huge life event. I wanted God. to. I'm gonna Congratulations, your own right? bed. Who are you, a queen? You no, know, who is she? She's got a bed. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. What size was it? It's a queen. Yeah, I was gonna get a twin because I'm like, I know I'm gonna be single for a million years and I don't really care about that side of things. But my friend was like, no, no, you need an adult bed. Also, I do OnlyFans, so it would only make sense. That'll be your office. Yeah. 
my sleeping quarters and my office. It's like, it's a multifunctional piece of furniture. Talk about like mixing your workspace and your home space. I know, right? It's, it gets a little hard, literally. Mm, mm. Yes, um, <laughs> it's great though. So you get to LA uh, with all this OnlyFans money you've been making. Right. And you've been living in LA for how long now? About a year and two months now. Okay. How do you find LA to be for a content creator like you? And how has it been creating OnlyFans in LA? It's been cool. Um, I actually met a few people and we were like closer earlier on. But now since the pandemic, it kind of like the collaborations and whatnot have like slowed very, very dramatically. So yes, it is affecting my income as well because I can't really produce much content. And I'm right. not trying to do like cyclical solo stuff. I'm not that kind of person. Mm -hmm. I do produce that too but yeah it's a mixture of just being in LA also being in the adult space only fans that people are very flaky mm. notoriously flaky in any creative field also yes. too very flaky even myself I will admit but it's just like I don't know I've had like porn star dudes reach out to me and then like go back on their work it's just kind of weird like I'm like you know what why even bother yeah why waste time oh yeah I follow you and then they're like no uh, I don't know I think what happens is they like see my content and what I'm actually saying <laughs> like my memes and stuff and then they're like oh no no I can't fuck that I don't know but that's just my thought I can't be that like hideously disgusting I mean you're doing something right you're in the top three percent of gay only fans yeah correct? I've been there but right now I haven't even checked it so I don't know what my actual percentage is but I've also not been producing anything lately because it's just COVID and I've been this is something also that I haven't really talked about publicly but this is something that it's really hard to do if you're like really doing OnlyFans like doing it mm -hmm. it's actually kind of like sex work it is sex yeah. work and it affects you in ways my friend was telling me this because he could see me kind of struggling or like getting to a point where I was like feeling different mm -hmm. and he was telling me like if you have to like be careful it's going to affect you and I'm like no no I'm fine I'm strong but whatever it is it just like creeps up on you in a way that you really don't expect and I can't even explain what kind of feeling it is. It's a very different one that I've never really felt before. I had to take a break actually from OnlyFans for like a month. I'm actually kind of still on that break a little bit. It's just because like I wasn't even having sex for myself anymore. It was just more for like doing the shows and performing versus right. actually like experiencing the sex as myself and like enjoying it for myself. It's a different kind of enjoyment when you're performing it right. versus like intimate encounter with a friend that you are interested in right right right. but is it the feeling that you're talking about is it the stigma no not at all that isn't really a factor in what i was feeling it was like just a draining kind of feeling mm. like a soul draining it's it's gonna sound really ridiculous probably and i maybe other people don't feel like that but it felt for me for a minute like i was just like operating on a weird level that I was not used to. It's better now. I think it's just like, you gotta get a handle on the reality of it all. But right. regarding the stigma, I don't really know what people think about me because I wanna prove you can still do sex work and own your sexual identity and still mm -hmm. be considered creative and intelligent and have value outside of that space. Right. Because first and foremost, my memes are what I would say that is my most creative and valuable content versus mm -hmm. the OnlyFans stuff was just kind of created in order to escape Virginia for one and to support the creative aspects of my life, like producing those memes. Right. In order to keep those running, I needed to have support. So that's where I also was kind of like leaning into that and aware of that when I was creating my OnlyFans and like developing in that space too. I see. When I asked you about the stigma and you said that you don't really care for it because you find it almost liberating that it's your own body and you own your own sexuality and you own your own expression through that. And if you and it, and it is sex work. Right. Mm -hmm. I am personally a proponent of something called body autonomy. Okay. which I kind of tie in together the concepts of pro-choice abortions and LGBTQ rights and gender identity and sex work because right. it's allow people to have autonomy over their own body because mm -hmm. they know fucking better 
what to do with their own body. If I want to post a picture online with a full frontal penis, yes. I should be able to do that. If a woman wants to have an abortion, that's her body. So to me, this is all kind of interconnected. So I do kind of have this philosophy of body autonomy. And I do believe that OnlyFans and the popularity of OnlyFans has help to kind of break down that stigma of sex work and porn and allows people to now be like, you know, this is my body. I can make money with it. You can't tell me shit. Like right. this is my own. But I do want to ask you, since you've been on OnlyFans for a minute mm -hmm. and you're pretty successful at it, as you said, this is your source of income that allows you to get out of Virginia and to create some kind of a independent, successful life in L.A., Right. Yeah. So when you look at what's happening with OnlyFans and, you know, how like Beyonce mentioned it in her song mm -hmm. and others, all your different celebrities getting on it and somebody like Bella Thorne, who made a lot of money on it by not posting anything. How do you feel about all these celebrities trying to capitalize on this platform that was built by sex workers who had to sacrifice a lot to be able to afford that OnlyFans living by being anonymous, possibly getting fired, mm -hmm. as opposed to celebrities? How do you feel about that? So I'm going to put it in a few different ways. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know how to put it in different ways. From like from OnlyFans as a business perspective, I think that mm -hmm. the OnlyFans brand is designed to be for people who have followings and to engage with those people in whatever way that they would like. It's kind of like a Patreon, mm -hmm. but it isn't. Subscription service, yeah. Right, right. So that's like the what it boils down to. However, it's been used primarily for more of the adult content based stuff. So while I understand obviously the sex workers like myself and porn stars and other people who are in the adult space use that space to interact with their fans and create content that's exclusive. I also do understand that celebrities also have, you know, fan bases and whatever amount of skin that they show or don't show is like still, I guess, valuable to their audience. But I do get what you're saying, though, about Bella Thorne can just literally go on there and post like a photo of her in her bathing suit and make a million dollars in 24 hours. That's just kind uh -huh. of like a little bit ridiculous. But also at the same time, that's really what the service is designed to do. Although, you know, that kind of is a slap in the face to people who are actually like having full on bareback sex with like 30 minute scenes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like, uh -huh. but it's also like, if your content was better, you could make more. I don't know, like stuff like that. It's, it just plays into all these different like avenues and cross platform promotions because she's obviously like a known celebrity that is doing content on OnlyFans. Like it's not like someone just building from the ground up on OnlyFans kind of thing. So it's like, right. it's complicated. But what I feel about it, I don't know, actually. Like I don't care that she did that, but I get the controversy from it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me. That's all I'll say. I'm not yeah. for or against it. Like it's her body, her right. choice too. Okay. I started seeing that, you know, at first the argument was just when the celebrity does it, it's a little bit insensitive. Mm -hmm. It's not criminal. It's not illegal. It's not like that's just a little bit insensitive right. to be taking money away from people. But I know that because there was a whole thing that, you know, on one day she got like a million bucks and like some like yeah, that's crazy stuff. And then there was two, but then, you know, she wasn't really posting anything because I was reading about this this morning, you know, because I'm a journalist, I'm researching this stuff. Hell yeah. And I read that she was charging $200 for a nude. Oh my God. But it was, she was wearing lingerie. So, you know, there's right, kind of right. things like on, there's um, pictures of her being naked oh, for yeah. free, but you know, she was charging $200 for lingerie, but that was not the worst thing that the worst thing was that because so many people were requesting their money back. Oh my God, we did that? Yeah. The OnlyFans had to change their rules. And then, you know, now creators like you, instead of getting their money every seven days, they would have to get it every 30 days, which Wait, they changed that now. That's what I read. That's what they have changed because of her. Because there was wow. so many requests to get their money back that OnlyFans had to change the entire system to go from seven days to 30 days, which means that the content creators are now receiving their money later, which completely right, puts right. their entire livelihood in jeopardy. And Bella Thorne, yeah. who only created OnlyFans, as she said, because she was researching for a movie. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I have nothing against her. I loved her ever since she was yeah. on that show with Zendaya. Oh my God, yes. And then Zendaya, meanwhile, she's on the cover of Elle and then Bella. Thorne yep. out here doing OnlyFans 
We see you, girl. Right. We see you, girl. I mean, whatever career you want to do, but you know, in the age where we live, you, it's one thing to be canceled for saying something inappropriate, but it's another thing to put all of these creators' livelihoods at risk. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. I think that that's, yeah, that's kind of hard. You know what? I can't imagine being a celebrity though. Cause like that, I don't know what the hell she's doing. She's on another level, but other ones like her think that the rules don't apply to them. So, I mean, mm-hmm. whatever they do, they're just going to do it and ask for forgiveness later. That's what they're about probably, but. That's what they always do. They post something on Twitter like, oh, I'm so sorry. I offended y'all while she's raking in the dough. No, yeah. yeah. But like going off of that Bella Thorne thing, what I would like to say is like the OnlyFans market is mainly, in my opinion, or like my experience. I've seen people, they're very muscular, masculine dudes on Instagram okay. that like literally if you go on Twitter too, like every gay person in, well, not everyone, but like large percentage of them have OnlyFans links in their bio. So people are doing this. It's kind of like almost normal now or like in a weird way, like it's almost expected or like you're not going to like throw a stone and not hit someone that has an OnlyFans in their link in their fucking bio at this point, unless they're just like professional oriented person or something. I don't know what, because people create like different identities to like, Mm -hmm. but also at the same time, like those masculine people, they might even be straight or like just not even out or like bi or closeted. I don't know what the story is, but they like literally will only post pictures, bulges in their underwear, which is great too, I guess. But it's like when you go to someone's OnlyFans, I think the expectation is that you're going to see nudity and sexual activity mm-hmm. and then purchase this guy's only fans just to see his bulge like i, I want to see the full penis i want right. to come dripping off i'm kidding no like i want to see um i mean that's what you're paying for you know what i mean right like you want to give the audience something that is worth their time hopefully i mean like if you're creating in that headspace i think that that's like a good place to operate in versus like what can i not show in order to mm. get these people like that's what i feel like the celebrities and the straight dudes are, are doing like they're like how can i show myself in like the most almost nude way and still make money like but not right. actually be doing anything explicit it's a cop out yeah, it, it kind of is. Yeah, I would say that. That's my criticism for the straight men or the people that just show bulges in their underwear and their abs or like a mirror shot with them covering their dick or yeah. It's just yeah. like kind of like annoying. Because from what I understand, OnlyFans is an incredibly queer space. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of queer people of different gender identities and sexualities and body shapes right. who do all these different kinds of things. And it's, it's also very women safe. I mean, when I think of OnlyFans, the first person, well, of course, besides you, comes to mind is, you know, Rebecca Moorcock. Like, I love her. Fucking cock destroyer. Cock destroyer. I feel like those people, they're using OnlyFans, you know, most like probably to make money, but also it's just kind of like a safe space to express your sexuality right. in a like, way that feels authentic to you. That I love what you're saying right now, because that's how I feel like what my OnlyFans is. Like, I would like to have sweet, cute, connected sex and just like t- film that. That's like my vibe, I think, versus like something that is like overproduced or like studio based content that has Mm -hmm. a theme. Mine's not like that yet, anyway. I don't know what direction I'll take it in coming up, but I love Rebecca Moore and Sophie Anderson. They're amazing. Sophie actually follows me. I really, um, Rebecca Moore doesn't yet, but I'm also okay with that because I really just appreciate Sophie because she's so positive. And if you actually like look at her messages on Instagram and her videos, she's like, really connected to her audience and I feel like I actually like look at her page and kind of like aspire to that level of feeling connected to the audience and feeling amazingly sweet and I love that like I'm just like wow she's super inspiring to me as a person as a sex worker as a human she's just transcending and I know that's a weird and strong way to portray someone like a like she's a character on the internet basically but she's also a real person and that's also really important to um the messages real right no yeah and she also like posts without makeup a lot and i love that too Mm. she's just an amazing amazing person she's real she knows what her job is she also knows what she's doing on social media and it's helping people even me her messages are just so nice like she's always like hi guys and galleys i hope you guys are doing well it's just so cute like she's the cutest person i've ever seen i can't yeah (laughs) the fact that you just said you know she does it without makeup because the modern criticism you know the kind of like third wave feminism 
criticism, criticism of porn industry is that it's just everything is either hyper feminine or hyper masculine, picture perfect visuals that nobody looks like that. Right. Nobody looks like that. And one of the things that I, I mean, I looked up your videos, Hurley for research reasons, um, and they're beautiful. People should go check it out and subscribe to you. But one of the reasons that I really appreciate your OnlyFans and a lot of other people's OnlyFans is that you're obviously not an overly muscular Hulk. Okay, yeah. I like that. And you're very comfortable in your body and you're still being incredibly sexy and confident in your body. And I think that's such an important and uplifting message, especially to the LGBTQ community who has horrible body issues that lead to body dysmorphia, eating disorders, bullying, you know, when there's a pride parade all the floats are always full of yeah, like muscular white dudes who are exactly, exactly. So I really I think that OnlyFans is doing more good for the well-being of society than oh the porn God. industry. I love what you're saying. I think it's that's definitely one way to look at it for sure. But I, I think like that is very, is it liberal? I don't even know. I'm not like a political. Yeah. Owning your sexuality is progressive, radical, liberal agenda. No, yeah, because I feel that message, but I also can see the other side. I'm, I'm a Libra. So I like to like think of the ways from any side thinking all the time. I can see the way for criticism, people are just going to be like, oh, they're just showing their body on Instagram or like whatever and making money, like blah, blah, blah. But I think what you're saying, though, it is kind of helpful because my body type is, I don't even know how to describe it, but I think that I'm like a little otter. I just hate having to even define whatever I am. But at the same time, like it's a little bit more slender and feminine than most of the bodies that I've seen that do pornos or like that are in the industry. So mm -hmm. it's kind of cool to be receiving any attention at all, to be honest with you, because I also have my own body issues. And that's also part of why I had to take a break as well, because it's just like a lot. You know what I mean? Like when mm -hmm. you're in that space and everyone's kind of looking a certain way and then like you're pressured to feel like you need to have muscles or like mm -hmm. or have lip filler and like look cuter to like be involved on screen. Like I actually I did get lip fillers, too. And it's partly just because L.A. and I just want to be able to to compete in the space because it's not only just based on your skills it's also unfortunately though based on how you appear present and right. it's all of that kind of stuff mixed into one and that okay this is going to sound horrible but it, it kind of like determines your worth in the industry like you have to like build all of those kinds of things and your social media at the same time in order to even like gain any traction i do have 80,000 followers and i built it organically on my own i mean i'm not yes, I'm not going to brag like it, it actually took me a long time to even consider anything that I was doing worth value. I thought this is just bullshit. This is internet stupidness. But then like I've actually had people literally I was at the laundromat in West Hollywood and this guy on rollerblades rolling past as I was talking on the phone outside and he was like, are you oh hey Pete? It's like actual yeah. actual things like that. Like people are act somehow know who I am from that space and that's kind of cool. But it's also I want it to mean something. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to just be someone that is an OnlyFans gay because that's really right. that never has been my vibe to begin with but I want people when they see my content and when I say my content I'm not referring to OnlyFans but everything that I'm doing on Instagram is the most important to me so what I really want people to do when they view my content I want people to think I want people to understand things and question their realities and like understand complex situations that gays might go through and feel connected to the community because we really don't have that much connection as it is like unfortunately you're right it really is scary like i feel still alone with 80,000 followers i still feel almost just as alone as i did in virginia it's kind of unfortunate like i want to have people in my life that are supportive and my friends and i don't want them to just be on a screen like it's scary but also at yeah. the same time we are in a pandemic so i get that too but i have met some good seeds here unfortunately a lot of them you know the la life here people warn you about it and it's it is true most of these like little quippy things that people will tell you about it like people are just out to you know use you and get what they want like it's just like that kind of thing but you have to be really careful and I'm a little bit naive and I am nice and I'm from fucking Virginia I'm like whatever <laughs> but I've lived in New York for five years I've experienced hardship I'm ready to fight for getting a job and evolving I think that it's good my best friend he basically diminished me when we were fighting he said 
you're just an OnlyFans bareback bottom. And like, mm. that didn't hurt me, but I also just don't want to ever be viewed as that because yeah. I'm worth way more than just that. That's just secondary to what I do. But also at the same time, I escaped Virginia and moved across the country and support myself entirely off of this OnlyFans bareback bottoming. This person didn't even have a job. Right. Be proud of it. At least you have that. And I'm out here busting my ass, literally busting nuts in my ass. <laughs> I work, I'm trying my best. And also, I think it's important for people to realize that you can want more for yourself. I don't want to just be doing OnlyFans forever. It was only actually meant to be until I got a job here, which unfortunately turned out to now. It's been over a year. But I was thinking, I was like, okay, this is great. Like three months, three months tops, I'll have a job. I don't, I won't need to do it anymore. You know what I mean? But it, it ended yeah. up lasting longer than it should. But what I want to say about that also is like, it's not bad to do OnlyFans, but it's, I think sex work is a complicated space for mental health as well. I'm already someone who suffers from depression on my own outside of this realm. And I'm also medicated for that and amongst other stuff. But I don't think it's like the best space to be in for like anyone with intense mental health issues. But I think that if it's necessary for survival, obviously, like it is for me now at this point, you got to do what you got to do. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Amen. And you can always want more for yourself. Like I, I really do want a job still. I'm not giving that up. I have a fucking degree. Like I think an entry level job in communications is not too much to ask for for me. So I'm going to keep fighting for that even while I do OnlyFans. And if someone wants to, if people want to still judge me for that, then go for it. I feel like I look halfway decent on my videos. I'm fine. I'm not embarrassed yeah. about that either. Actually, one of my, like I was worried about this day. Uh, one of my videos leaked on Boyfriend TV, the, the title that someone named it. I didn't post this. I wouldn't do that to myself. Like make, like, oh yeah, let's, let me just leak my own porno. No, I didn't do that. Right. You don't make money from that well right no yeah i try to keep everything in one space on OnlyFans itself the platform also twitter my twitter is private so if i post clips it is all gonna be in those spaces only for previews and whatnot mm -hmm. but this one leaked and it, the title just kills me like i love wasn't it like um putting it into pete <laughs> yes it's putting it into peter and i died <laughs> it literally the, the alliteration how creative destroyed me i'm just like wow how simple i also used to work for a gay adult entertainment website for two years in new york and we had to come up with stuff like that all the time whether it was visually oriented content or the wordings of things it's just a, like a really interesting space to be creative in i think like because it's just so open you literally can pretty much do anything it's just like yeah do it and put it out there it's kind of i'm really drawn to the adult space anyway it's just kind of also like lgbtqia plus culture is so centered on sex that it is only natural for me, I feel like, to go so deep into the sex space to understand what I'm actually consuming or like wanting. Or, yeah. Like I said, there was no gay men or people who were out in my town in Gloucester, Virginia. How am I going to like, you know, find out besides the internet and pornos, like right. what I like? You know what I mean? Like when you're growing up, especially. Yeah. It's difficult. I just feel like in general, sex is something that gay men learn. And that's how they meet people. That's how they meet other gay men through sex. And then a lot of times those um, connections aren't uh, necessarily healthy. Right. We're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we're going to talk to Pete about his memes. So stay tuned. So before we went on a break, you said that even though OnlyFans is something that you do and you enjoy doing it, it's not necessarily your favorite creative outlet. And then creating memes is your favorite thing. And you manage multiple pages. Yeah. You manage Oh Hey Pete, you manage Gay Boy Problems, you manage Pumpkin Spice Buzzy. Yeah. You manage a lot of this. So please tell me a little bit, how did you come to creating gay memes and building this empire out of them? Oh. Because I started following these gay memes pages starting with you i feel like before you there weren't that much content that was as deep and as relatable well that's really kind of you to say thank you you're welcome so basically back in the day i was on instagram i started noticing like gay oriented content that was out there and it was very plain and very like vanilla content this is gonna sound weird like it didn't really move me i'm not a right. meme, i'm a meme snob no but like 
it just wasn't relatable to my experience or my life. It was old, you know what I mean? It was like, we've seen it before, we've heard it before, like, haha, yeah. Very much that tired content that I was like, this must be for like people who have 401ks and get to go on vacation. And I'm like, I'm sitting over here fighting for a job and all this other stuff. Like, I just didn't relate to this kind of stability of the content that they were producing. I'm like more of a gritty person. Yeah, I work, I'm a human, I'm not some kind of somehow rich person who can experience those cool, nice things that were always in those kinds of memes. Yeah, it felt like that content is made specifically for rich, gay, privileged mm-hmm. men mm-hmm. who have good jobs right. and, you know, have nice jog straps and buy the most expensive poppers for the sex yeah. party. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I know those. I have a couple of friends like that. I mean, same. It's okay to, to live like that and be like that, but that's not my experience or like the experience right. of the majority of people that I've even interacted with. So I wanted to create more kinds of content that felt more tangible and real that expressed my daily life, but also like what I would think that other people would also encounter universally as Mm -hmm. queer identities. That's where I kind of explore in my content lately. But that's like really where it all stemmed from. It's just like I didn't, I wasn't seeing the kinds of content that I related to. And I wanted to really help people vicariously experience these crazy thoughts that I was having as well. Yeah. I mean, I love your memes i think there is a certain wittiness and it goes past the cursory the superficial of gay jokes and i really appreciate that a lot of the themes that you bring up in your memes memes are not just jokes on the internet you know they're kind of a reflection of society and community in your memes like you bring up issues like mental health and sex and pop culture i mean your britney spears memes are glorious i like spin them in ways that are just like not as ordinary as the ones that i see if it's a britney spears meme it's gonna be her Hey, friend, how's your quarantine going? And then it's like me. It's just Britney Spears looking drained and dead. Like she looks like she just got done smoking like meth and woke up after a storm. It's like an edited image of her that I found. I didn't edit it, but it's just like this funny, crazy image. And she's just smiling and she looks terrible. And it's just like the best fucking thing I've ever seen. But like, those are the kinds of Britney Spears memes that I would do. It's more like quote unquote edgy, I would say. Mm -hmm. But like now that kind of edginess is not a thing anymore. Memes are like evolving past this place that I've already like been trying to like develop. It's cool. I have my own unique way of um, making them, I think, like, and it's influenced a lot of other people who are creating them too now. You just said that memes are evolving. They're constantly evolving. Like They're constantly evolving. Right. Yeah. It's like any industry, memes are constantly evolving, but because it's on the internet, it's evolving like super fast, five times faster. So, you know, a US somebody who has been creating memes for three years, you're like a veteran at this point you're like a pioneering veteran like thank you for your service i wish i could could consider myself that but that's cool that you (laughs) i mean somebody has to tell you what it is i mean listen i consider myself a pop culture political social critic arguably same me i'm like (laughs) i feel like that's more of what i'm doing it's just like criticizing culture through these images and these words yep that's like really what it boils down to and like i think they have the the expectation to be funny Mm -hmm. when you think memes you think you're gonna laugh or something like that's what i would think that someone who consumes them primarily is looking for however with mine i want to evoke other emotions as well Mm -hmm. Or like a feeling, something that people can feel or understand. Relate. Yes, relate to. Yeah, relatable memes also. Yeah, like they're relatable. They're funny. They complex. Some of them are complex. Mm -hmm. Some of them are pure shock value. Some of them are ridiculous on purpose. It depends per meme. What and also people have different viewpoints on them. I'll never forget this one time. This person. Oh my god, I can't. People are crazy on the internet. They will like dissect everything down to the last molecule of like what it is. Like this person was like, this is anti-semitic and i'm like it was not even that as a jewish person i want i want to hear what it is it was an art like a an illustration slash painting that i found of like this girl surrounded by golden light levitating the light was like in a beam towards this demon Mm -hmm. and what i would have thought because i was raised catholic she's like a spiritual warrior casting away a demon with her golden light 
but someone was like this is so anti-semitic and i'm like what the fuck does that like how does that even make sense like the painting is not even related to that i mean people are just like sitting around waiting to be offended you know pre-cancel culture world something like that might be considered a little bit flattering just because your art and i consider memes to be very artistic my art using someone else's art i love it that's what andy warhol did he literally took pictures of other people put them on a screen and said this is art and sold it for more times you know we're all living in the andy warhol world damn in a way that makes me feel better about myself thank you consider yourself the modern andy warhol oh my god but the fact that your art created this kind of a conversation and this kind of a response that's what art does that's my favorite part of memeing is like well mostly the positive comment right like admire constructive criticism or genuine like people even interacting with each other in the comments i love that like i just like the idea of a community that actually Mm -hmm. like is coming together and laughing or experiencing these things or sharing their own stories based on like the content of the meme too i love that that's like why i started all of this is one because i couldn't get a job two because i wanted to feel like i'm actually mentally connecting to someone in the gay community because there's really not that much opportunity to do so even even at pride there's just the muscle gaze on the floats or like a drinking and I'm wearing rainbow crop top. That's not a place for real mental connection, I think. Our events are centered around bars and like drag queens and porn stars. It's never really this mental connection that we get. Even Grindr, it's like, I mean, sometimes, yeah, arguably you'll find like someone eventually, maybe you get lucky a few times, meh, whatever. But I'm always left so unfulfilled by like gay culture because there's never a space to mentally connect. I'm saying that as I do OnlyFans. I'm this OnlyFans content creator and I make shitty memes. It's like, and then I'm commenting now. I'm like, this is like the serious side of me. It's like, you are the creator of queer culture. I hope that whatever I'm doing can expand. I really do. I want people to connect so bad. They do. I can give you an example that when I was doing a study abroad in France two years ago, it was 2018. And I was looking up with this really cute 18 year old twink who was somehow into BDSM. I was like, how the fuck do you know what BDSM is at 18? Oh my God, they're they're advanced. I mean, French people, they're on a whole other level. Oh my God. Americans think we're the most sexually freaky, but we're like, we're fucking Mormons. You know what I mean? We're like evangelicals. We don't know shit, even the gay ones. But he follows me on Instagram and then he kind of sees who follows me. He goes like, oh my God, oh hey, Pete follows you? Oh my God. Yeah, he goes like, oh my God, I love him. That was like, that was two years ago. Wow. What you do from personal experience really has like international impact. Whoa. So I hope that makes you feel a little bit better and less alone. I'm like, I'm still alone, but that's really flattering. I'm like, I'm yeah. like thank you. No, like, no, that's really cool. Yeah. It's complicated to even process that for me in my brain because I'm like, so I am so alone. I'm 30 and alone. I'm gay. This is my life. I'm in LA, 30 alone, trying to get a job. It's just like, damn, the story just writes itself. Like, where's my Netflix series? <laughs> Maybe you should reach out to some people at. I know Netflix has an entire department dedicated just to queer storytelling. Well, I would love to be a part of that if they could look past my OnlyFans past current reality. Well, there's this writer. His name is Fran Torado. I follow him on Instagram. And he works for Most, which is the Netflix social media program that is centered on queer content. And I know that they are really focused on highlighting sex work and trans rights. And they moved to LA as well. Very cool. I would love to connect with them. I literally am looking for people who are in similar spaces and wanting to make change to existing culture and the way that people... The conversation, yeah. Right. It's just so, it's hard. Again, I feel alone doing that. I know I'm not. I also know that there are like activists and queer folks who are really penetrating, for lack of a better Mm. word, who are actually like doing real things. Not that I'm not, I guess, but I'm more of like an entertainment aspect versus like someone who is out there fighting for even though arguably I am kind of in my own way but I also would love to have a real job doing that kind of stuff and like creating Mm -hmm. content to really impact people I want to connect people that's my main goal like just to make people feel less alone even myself you know in the queer community or anyone just in general that's feeling sad or has a bad day or is affected by the issues that I am also affected by like mental health stuff and 
and going through the struggles of life. We're not all these gay people with our Gucci bags and purses and Louis Vuitton shoes. Not that that's a bad thing, but I also... That's not all of us. That shouldn't be the defining image. And that's not a take on femininity or anything. That's not a, like a, a bash on that. Like, go for a girl, wear your heels, paint your nails, get that weave in. But what I meant was the commentary about class roles and class socioeconomic vibes of gay culture. It's just like it's mm-hmm. absolutely different for people who make over a certain amount or consider themselves these like luxurious people. And I just really frown upon that, even though I'm not that person. And even if I ever was or had access to like fancy clothing and whatnot, I don't even know designer names. I'm not that kind of person. I don't care. I just don't find that appealing or healthy. I mean, like I'm sure people can argue that being a sex worker and, you know, doing all the other stuff is not the most healthy either, but it's a poison. Like I'd rather sell someone my only fans I'd rather sell them on my actual personality and things that I'm working on in creativity versus like some sort of illusion of a Gucci bag or something like that's like really right. not something that is healthy to me I agree with you I've been really appreciating this tone and conversation in queer culture I mean it was fueled by Black Lives Matter I've been seeing an effort to decolonize who gets to share queer stories and who gets to shape the queer narrative and then you know it's not necessarily always, as we talked earlier, like rich white men centric who are usually very private about their sex life. We all know about the sex life. We all know about what goes on at those parties, yeah. at those bathhouses. I always found that absolutely baffling that the community that is frankly persecuted for our sexual behavior and is known, notorious for its sexual frivolity would bring somebody down who is a sex worker. But I think that just punishing queers for having the brain to stand up to the world and talk about this kind of sexual thing. But I am very thankful for your intellectual memes and your very fresh perspective on queer culture because, again, you manage all of those queer pages and the memes are very relevant and I see that they resonate with people and they give a lot of people hope because, you know, you're from small town in Virginia. I am from Moscow, even though it's a big town. It's in Russia. It's really homophobic. So, yeah. Now we have the privileges of you living in LA and me living in New York where we're surrounded by queer culture, Mm -hmm. but not everybody is like that. And for a lot of those young queer people the hope that they see is through the internet and you know when they see memes and when they see only fans or whatever queer content they see they know that there's an opportunity for them to be a part of it you give hope to other people with your content but what gives hope to you oh hey p mm-hmm. tough question it's very difficult to have hope in general i think like it's something that people who are struggling and hurting really especially this year Right. I mean, like everyone, right, it's relatable, for, especially for this year. But like like most people, just as they're struggling and going about their lives, we look for something that keeps us going. And what for me, that is it's like, I'm not done yet. I want to make an impact that feels fulfilling to me, whether it be through right now, it's just this kind of content. But I know that like, you know, I studied at University of Communications. I want to do something, quote unquote, really stars, asterisks, connects people. I want to really do that. Like I've built a Facebook group. It was 12,000 people and someone got married off of that group. I just heard that recently and I was like, okay, that's crazy. Like, see, it does have some impact. That's what I'd rather be earning income from versus doing OnlyFans, even though I have no problem doing OnlyFans either. But if I could, I'd rather be doing something that is helping the community in a um, arguably professional front-facing way that is consumable by mainstream media versus subversive culture and existing in the cracks of society doing only fans which is also okay again i'm just going to repeat that free because your memes are free your only fans content you have to pay for yes yeah I, I do do that stuff for free free stuff has more access and more people get to see it i like that i like people to have access to information or thoughts and ideas and i want people to like really just be closer together connecting through these relatable things and i mean that sounds really serious i guess i'm not trying to take making memes as the serious thing then again this is how I got to be able to come to LA building these spaces online has helped me live my life this really 
has changed my life in such a different way. Like I think differently now, I try to think of cool stuff that would be relevant to people who are like me or who grown up like me. I want to reach that person. I want to help that person. I want them to feel okay. I want them to feel connected. I want them to feel loved. That's what gives me hope. Just knowing that people like me exist. I think that's like weird for me to say about myself, but I also like what I've built. It's a very weird way. Like you have to really dissect it. It makes perfect sense. I'm going to try to translate what you say. Okay. I think I understand because that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of empathy that comes from a place of pain and hurt, whether it's financial, unfulfillment, mental health, growing up weird, all of those things. You have a lot of empathy that you try to share through your memes, your content, whatever you do. And it feels important to you because the message of understanding and love and compassion is very important. And when you see that other people create stuff like this, it gives you hope because you understand the deeper implications of what that empathy does for future generations of people, future generations of queer people like who are, at least in America, do not have to go through the same shit that we had to go through. Yeah. And that's what gives you hope. That is pretty spot on. I'm putting my English degree to something. Thank you. (laughs) Like how you said earlier, you got a degree and you're kind of using that for the stuff that you're doing. I have a degree in English and theater. I think you're amazing. You've done such a good job. You're a brilliant speaker. Thank you. You are very kind and awesome. Cool to talk to you. Thank you so much. Wow, I'm getting emotional. Stop. Okay, well, um, you're amazing. <laughs> you're amazing, Pete. Thank you so much for being a guest on Let's Talk. This was honestly amazing. I really want to thank you for a very sincere, honest conversation. I mean, I thought we're going to be talking about porn and memes, but here we are talking about empathy and mental health. And I really, really want to thank you for it. And wow. I really encourage all of our listeners to go and check out Pete's work. You can find him at oh hey Pete at Instagram. And what are the names of your other Instagram pages that you can be found on? Yeah, there's at gayboyproblems.af at pumpkin spice bussy. And my favorite one. Yeah, that was my favorite too. The last one is at it's okay, I'm on prep with O-K-A-Y, not just okay as in the two letters. But that one's just my last final account. It was meant to be a backup for the Pumpkin Spice Pussy because Pumpkin Spice Pussy got deleted for like six months and finally came back. Hallelujah. I know, right? The comeback of the year. Literally, Frank Ocean follows that page. And I'm like, oh my God, I love you. Stop. You're crazy. (laughs) I love that page because it's more edgy than the other ones. I feel like I can really just express any thought there. I am going to put all of those descriptions in a bio. And if you guys want to check out Pete's OnlyFans, you can find it through his link in the bio on his Instagram account. Since we're here, why not give me a follow too? My personal Instagram is at Maxim underscore Fab. And the Let's Talk podcast is at Let's Talk, T-A-W-K underscore podcast. Go put your fingers to use. Again, Pete, thank you so much for coming. This was absolutely incredible. Thank you. You're amazing. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, you already know the drill. Please wear a mask. Please wash your hands. Please wash your pussy. Please wash your buzzy. Please, all of that. We're not trying to spread no germs. If you're trying to have sex, use protection. Beyond prep, 2020 is almost over, so I hope everybody is in a festive mood. Mariah Carey is back from her shoe closet. Love her. Love. (laughs) Thank you very much, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.